Hello and welcome into another episode of Lockdown Wolves. This is the post-game podcast, a victorious post-game podcast after a sixth consecutive win for the Timberwolves, holding yet another opponent under 40% shooting. Anthony Edwards, another fantastic all-around game, but this one is all about the defense. That's the headline for me. We'll break down Rudy's impact, Cat's impact on both ends of the floor, Ant's fourth quarter versus Draymond. We'll talk Chris Ball. It's all upcoming on the show. Welcome in. You are Lockdown Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NBA and use the code, all lowercase, NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Happy Monday, everybody. Hopefully you had a fantastic weekend. And this is, of course, a victory Monday. A big weekend. The Wolves won Friday night against the Spurs. They won Sunday. Their sixth consecutive win against the Golden State Warriors. We're going to break that one down here today. First of all, though, a big thank you off the top for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. And you can follow on X at Lockdown T Wolves and also at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. All right, there's so many places I could start with this one. Um, the headlines, I'll, I'll give you several headlines here, right, right off the top. Uh, it's a good thing that uh, nobody cares about print headlines anymore and, and having to like actually come up with like one because I would I would struggle with that. Clearly, um, number one, the Wolves have won six straight. That's the biggest thing. Number two, five out of six opponents now, the Wolves have held under 40% shooting. And another thing I realized when I was going through this, that's five of the last six opponents under 40%. Overall this year, five of nine. But if you go back to the beginning of the season, there were two other games where the Wolves held their opponent to 40.2% and 40% respectively. I think one was the Toronto game and one was, I believe, the Miami game. Um so, put another way, in nine games so far this season, the Wolves have held an opponent below 41% shooting seven times, which is remarkable. And I know at a glance, you look at this, you say, oh, 116, 110, it's a barn burner, right? Uh, defense, you know, maybe wasn't as good in this game. That's not the case. Because what matters is defensive efficiency. It's not strictly points per game. There's a reason why we measure things with defensive rating primarily, opponent uh, effective field goal percentage. And, you know, there's noise and some of that stuff, but that's why defensive rating, defensive efficiency matters more. The Wolves were killed on the defensive glass or the offensive glass, I should say. We'll talk more about that. And obviously that's part of defense and I'll get on my mini soapbox about that again, as I do every so often. But the Wolves were in the Warriors jerseys all night. They were just making things extremely difficult. We're talking about a team that has the best shooter of all time and another probably... I don't know. I don't want to turn this into a where does Clay rank among all-time shooters. But another, I'll call him a generational shooter in Clay Thompson, right? And the Timberwolves held this Golden State Warriors team to 38.5% shooting in this game, 27.9% from deep. And again, the fifth team out of last six, they've held below 40% shooting. Steph had 38 
And on 25 shots is fairly efficient. A lot of that's because of the 12 free throws. And in the fourth quarter, it was suddenly, uh, if you if you touch Steph Curry, it's in any way, it's a foul call. Um, tends to happen in fourth quarters of games against the Warriors. I get it. It's part of it. It's baked in. Not a surprise. I'm not going to complain about it beyond stating the obvious. But there were a couple of those like, oh, you're in his vicinity. So it's a foul. 38 points on 25 shots for Steph, but he had to work for it. He was also 5 of 13 from three, which is fine. But for Steph, like you live with that if he's 5 of 13 from three. And he turned it over five times to only three assists because the Wolves turned. And now, to be fair, so far this season, Golden State's offense has been only Steph. If I'm not mistaken, he's the only player all season for them to score more than 20 points in a game, which is uh, I'll leave that for the guys at Lockdown Warriors to talk about. Um, But nobody else on the Warriors has scored more than 20 points in a game so far this season. The Wolves knew it was all about Steph. And so... The Timberwolves had Jaden McDaniels guarding Steph for the majority of the game. They had Anthony Edwards on Aaron Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins for most of the game. By the way, Andrew Wiggins had six points in this one against his former team. Nobody's really talking about uh, about the Wiggins thing anymore. Six points on seven shots for Wiggins. Uh, that's the only time we're going to talk about Andrew Wiggins today, which says a lot about his performance. Um, but the Timberwolves were... All over Steph Curry. They did a good job with Clay Thompson. Clay again, five of sixteen shooting. So combined, if you told me that the Wolves held Steph and Clay to a combined sixteen of forty-one shooting, that's a nice night. And the Wolves would have had a, a pretty good shot at winning. Sure enough, they did. And by the way, they should have won by more. If you didn't watch this game, the Wolves are up like, I don't know, 10, 12, something like that with a couple minutes left. And the Warriors got it down to four because the Wolves messed up some execution stuff, took their starters out when they were up by like, what was it? 10 with two minutes to play, something like that. And all five guys in the floor were bench guys for the Wolves. They had a turnover. Kyle Anderson missed a pair of free throws. Uh, they gave up a couple of threes to um, uh, Podzemski, I think is how you say it, the rookie who had played one minute prior to, to tonight or prior to Sunday night for the Warriors. It doesn't matter. I don't want to dwell on that. It wasn't ideal Neither was the end of the Spurs game Friday, but that stuff in past years, I would have spent more time on that. That's not where I'm at right now for the seven and two Wolves team. Um, I don't want to do the full game flow, but like the cliff notes on that are the Wolves, you know, early was very competitive both ways. Wolves were down a bucket after the first quarter. Second quarter, they started to figure some things out on offense. The early stage of the game, the biggest problem for Minnesota was, was simply defensive rebounding and it was a major issue and and I need to acknowledge that. And so let's talk about it now. Um, there's a couple pieces to this. Number one, overall, the Wolves are out rebounded in this game by four rebounds. I think it was only the second time that they were out rebounded. I know there was at least one game where they were even on the glass with the opponent. Um, I don't want this to be a trend and giving up 19 offensive rebounds to the Warriors. That's not great. Um, 10 of those were in the first quarter and a half of this game. I'm, I'm, I think I think I have that about right. Uh, it, like almost, almost half of them were in the first quarter, right? And it got a little better as the game went on. And I don't know that it was necessarily a case of the Wolves being sloppy or slow like they were for a lot of the time last year in the defensive glass. A, a good chunk of it was simply the Warriors were shooting threes, and so of course there's going to be long rebounds. There were a couple of weird bounces, like Cat has inside position, and it bounces at a weird angle behind the backboard. And so the guy, you know, um, Kaminga or whoever it was, he was boxing, or I guess it was probably Kevon Looney. There were a couple of those. We're like, 
Katz got position. It bounces over his head into the side. And so Looney gets it. And, you know, just weird rebounds where guys are snaking in to get him, and, and just, you know, things that you're not necessarily expecting to happen. And, and part of that, when a team shoots 43 threes, there's going to be some long rebounds and some fluky stuff. That said, there were of those call it the first 10. There were at least three that are pretty inexcusable. And that's how you end up losing a game to a good team is you give up a couple of extra possessions and all of a sudden that's why the game was close, right? The Wolves were only up by three at halftime and the Warriors were shooting the ball miserably. There was no reason the Wolves shouldn't have been up double digits. It was mostly the defensive rebounding issues. And as I always say, there's three ways to end a possession for the opposing team, right? A made shot, a missed shot, a rebound, or a turnover. The Wolves were generating a few turnovers, but early in the game, not a whole lot. The Warriors were missing a ton of shots, but turns out those possessions aren't over until you get a defensive rebound. And that was the Wolves' biggest issue early. To their credit, they did enough offensively themselves and were so good defensively, took the Warriors so many shots to get, you know, to score, that they were still up by a possession at halftime, and they really corrected it as the game went on. And also the offense became less sloppy as the game went on for the Wolves too. So in general, a lot of those problems were solved by halftime, in my opinion. I want to spend a good chunk of the rest of the show talking about the third quarter and specifically Carl Anthony Towns. I want to talk about the job Jaden McDaniels did and obviously the Anthony Edwards thing. A little bit of Ant versus Draymond. We'll talk about Chris Paul. There's a, a pair of Chris Paul plays I want to talk about today because I, I can't not talk about it. I don't like to talk about stuff like this too often on the podcast, but man, um, I, I have to today. So we'll talk about all those things next. We'll also do individual studs and duds at the end of the show. Oh, we have to talk about Rudy too. When we talk defense, there's so much to get to. We're going to get to all of it here uh, next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our title sponsors over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch your winnings roll in. With the basketball season underway, you can pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league. Sunday is a great time to do that. It's a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, you could pick LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10 and a half combo, 10.5 combo of three pointers made plus receptions. Monday night, by the way, the Wolves don't play Monday night, but pick your favorite NBA game on the schedule. There's many plus Monday night football. Pick a couple players at a couple categories and take the combined more than or less than. Plus, Prize Picks offers a reboot policy that you're, so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform that has an injury insurance policy. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockdownNBA and use code LockdownNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash LockdownNBA, code LockdownNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, a big thank you once again for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, every dayers, we're back again tomorrow on Tuesday, we will preview the, well, I guess it's the Warriors again Tuesday night, so we won't spend a lot of time previewing, but we'll talk about, based on what happened on Sunday, keys to the rematch with the Warriors, and of course, it's an NBA in-season tournament game Tuesday night, too, so get excited for uh, another gaudy court that the Wolves will be playing on, so we'll talk about all that on Tuesday's show. Of course, we're daily throughout the week, live postcasts as well over at Lockdown Sports Minnesota following games. 
So make sure you're following and subscribe to this show everywhere as well as Locked On Sports Minnesota. All right. Still so much to talk about. Let's talk uh, Let's talk third quarter. This was Carl Anthony Towns' time. Um, I don't have his exact quarter stats in front of me, but he was dominant, and the Wolves won the third quarter by 13 points. There was a stretch where it was just all cat. Um, pump fake and drive. Dario Saric had no chance of guarding him. Um, third quarter was also an Antetta's monster dunk, by the way, over Saric, uh, which was just phenomenal. Very reminiscent to the one against the Raptors in uh, 20, was it fall of 21 uh, with no fans in the stands, I believe it was. Um, just an incredible dunk. Anyway, Sharich was put in a bad way in a lot of a lot of places in this game. But Carl Anthony Towns was fantastic, especially in the third, both ends of the floor. We have not talked enough. I've talked about it a little bit on the show. I'll say in general, I'm not going to call just myself out. We haven't talked enough collectively as a Timberwolves community about Carl Anthony Towns' defense this year. And it's been a thankless job. People talk about the Wolves' defense as if he's the weak link, as if he's the one that has to get along. And you've heard it on a national podcast or two, I'm sure, talking about does he have to be the Robin? I love, by the way, Jim Peterson on Ballet Sports North, the Timberwolves broadcast, talking about how Cat doesn't need to be anybody's Robin. The Wolves, he didn't say these words. I'll say it this way. The Wolves could have two Batmans. Two Batmans, two Batmen, whatever. Like, why not? And Carl Anthony Towns was the guy in the third quarter. And he was far more efficient than Anthony Edwards was in this game. I thought in this game in particular, um, his defense stood out more and played well defensively. We already talked about Wiggins' practically non-existent line. But Cat was fantastic, flying around, getting through screens, switching. The Wolves switched a few times on the perimeter, and Cat was on point, fighting through screens, like like just just showing an urgency, I think, is the best way to describe it that we have not seen from Carl Anthony Towns defensively with, with consistency. He's done it at times. There's been flashes. Cat, and I've been saying this for two years, he's improved steadily defensively since Chris Finch took over. Um, part of that is the schemes. I just think they've done a better job than the Ryan Saunders, David Vanterpool coaching staff did. And I think he's just a smarter, better player than he was when Tom Thibodeau was the coach. And he also had flashes of being solid defensively under Tibbs too. It was a different scheme. Um, Cal, he's being asked to do so many things outside of what normally would be considered his comfort zone. He's really good defensively, or he has been really through nine games so far this year. Um, Cat was very good on both ends of the floor in the third quarter. He finished this on a 21 and 14, 8 of 14 shooting. He, I think that, I think the order, if I'm not mistaken, the sequence was tough shot in the paint. Um, I think it was a quick post move in the paint. Then he hits a three pointer, then a pump fake and drive gets to the left hand. Uh, there was one where he spun middle, hit a little hook, like just the, it was like essentially three out of four possessions, something like that, where it was he scored in three different ways, showed the versatility of his game, reminded people, hey, I'm a multi-time All-Star, a three-time All-Star, a two-time All-NBA third-team player. I'm nobody's Robin, and I'm not going to just be traded. Uh, shout out Brian Winhorst for that. Um, there's a time and a place for that conversation, by the way. I had it all summer long on this show, right? I understand the reason why we want to talk Carl Anthony Towns, whatever, the contract stuff. Like, I get it. The second apron, the Supermax kicking in. It's legitimate for that reason. If you're not familiar, like, go back and listen to those shows. The Will the Wolves Trade Cat conversation, that's a legitimate conversation to have in the within the walls of the Wolves front office because what do you, you always have to be playing ahead. 
it's not a legitimate conversation for anyone to be having in this moment with the Wolves at seven and two and one of the best teams in the NBA and Carl Anthony Towns playing three consecutive fantastic games and fitting this role perfectly. The Wolves, there's a zero percent chance, like zero percent chance. Carl Anthony Towns is traded in season this year if the Wolves are playing remotely this well over the next six, eight, ten weeks. I won't talk about it on the show. This is it until until I have to closer to the deadline. I just wanted to put that out there because I know that 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 quote was floating around uh, the the Twitter sphere, X sphere, whatever today uh, or on Sunday. Anyway, Cat was fantastic. Both ends of the floor. Really, really, really good in the third quarter. And then as we get into the fourth, it's Anthony Edwards that does the thing where Anthony Edwards takes over. And there was a, a, a small window in the fourth quarter where he launched three after three. The Wolves got an offensive rebound. He launched. He literally dribbled out the 14-second shot clock, shot a flat-footed three from the left wing. Just It was like three or four threes consecutively. He missed all of them, a couple of them badly. He just didn't have legs at that point in the game to be launching flat-footed threes. Um, it just, like, it didn't make sense. Besides that, though, I can't complain about anything with Ant's performance. Of course, he did. He got that technical after the massive dunk, which was, that's another soapbox. I'll have that another day when it's more relevant to the outcome of the game. But it was like, I think he did less than the Giannis one the other day, which was also absurd when Giannis flexed. Ant gave it a small flex. Oh, this is part of my Chris Paul soapbox. So I want to do that now. Um, let's hold that for the next segment. Let's. I'll do my Chris Paul segment, or my Chris Paul soapbox next segment. I'll get back to the Ant tee because Chris Paul played a part in that too. If you if you watch the replay carefully, um, but anyway, Ant was fantastic in the fourth quarter. He used the the technical and then the Draymond uh, after Draymond fouls Ant on the on the right side of the basket in a um, in the open floor in a fast break situation. They have the back and forth a little bit. Thank goodness the officials didn't feel the need to call technicals there. We've seen them call technicals for less just minutes before that, but everybody knew Ant already had the one, right? And Draymond's Draymond. And then Ant, from that point forward, said, all right, well, I'm just going to take this thing over. Scored a couple times in the paint. There was the one where he the ball got pushed up the floor. There were four Warriors back, and Ant just goes, oh, if Wiggins isn't actually going to guard me, there's my other Wiggins mention. Um, I didn't think we'd get back there, but Ant just cooked him. He said, okay, you're going to do the thing like you did when you were in a Timberwolves uniform and you just aren't going to get into a stance, so I'm going to go right past you and score because I can't. And that was Anthony Edwards in this game. Like he said, you're you're firing up the wrong guy. I'm just going to go score a bucket. And then later he he hit the turnaround uh, over Draymond at about the free throw line. Draymond just got completely knocked off balance. Ant drains it. And then Curry ends up on Ant on the switch and effectively the dagger from the right side, the just silky fadeaway off the glass, like just an unbelievable shot. And those are the moments where you're fine that he's doing that, right? Those those are totally fine. Those moments, those ISO moments, you know he can score over Steph. You know he can take Draymond off the dribble. Um, so just let him do it. It's the flat-footed threes when you're in the half-court offense and everybody's just kind of standing around that we can't have. Uh, now, didn't ultimately matter because the Wolves won relatively comfortably, but uh, that was you know something to look out for. Uh, one last thing here uh, related to the defense. I got to talk a little bit about Rudy. Gobert had five blocks, which was a season high, of course, for him, and he struggled at the free throw line again. He was two of eight, missed a pair four different times. Nope, that's not good math. Three different times he missed both free throws. <laughs> Once he made both free throws. Ended with 10 and 10 and five. Um, the Wolves offense at times, especially in the first half, felt like they were trying a little too hard to force the ball to Rudy. Ultimately, I, like, I think it led to a couple of turnovers. It certainly led to a, a Kyle Anderson turnover or two. 
Um, Rudy, I, I think, got a turnover once because it was a bad pass and he grabbed the ball, then dribbled it out of bounds. It, like, it, it was a little clunky at times. It had more shades of last year than this year offensively. But there were a couple of times where it looked really natural. And Rudy simply is just, like, again, he's moving better. He's catching the ball better. Everything about Rudy's game looks better. Defensively, the Warriors were petrified of Rudy Gobert. I'm pretty sure Steph and Sharich are going to be seeing Rudy in their sleep tonight. Um, there was the one where Dario Sharich pump faked like four times. This was late in the game and missed the shot. And they got the putback from Looney or Kaminga or somebody. Uh, but Rudy was, again, fantastic. He just is omnipresent when he's on the floor. The Wolves are like, I, I think they're giving up. I don't have the percentage in front of me, but the, the the essentially the rim protection numbers of Rudy on the floor are just astronomical. It's it's absolutely Rudy from two three years ago, and and that was my biggest note from this game up until the ant flurry in the fourth quarter. But Rudy just like I, I get it now watching him every day. This version of Rudy, how he won Defensive Player of the Year awards. It was one of those things where like. Um, I don't know. I like the impact is so real of what he does when he's on the floor completely changes the way the other team plays the game. I want to get on my Chris Paul soapbox. I want to talk individual studs and duds shout out a couple more guys as well. And we'll do all that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at Jace Medical. We spend a lot of time here on the podcast together. We get fired up together on wins and losses, who starts and who sits and uh, absolutely thankful for all the listeners for the show. Let's talk about something a little bit more serious, but that's our friends at Jace Medical and, of course, the Jace case. Uh, if you're worried about the unexpected because you never know what's going to happen next in the world, supply chain issues, et cetera, uh, don't worry. You're covered with Jace Medical. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics, different prescriptions, whatever it might be, with our friends at Jace Medical. That includes prescriptions like Cialis, Viagra, or Rivadio. It's all possible because of our friends at Jace Medical. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use the promo code LOCKDOWN at checkout for a discount. A verified customer had the following to say about Jace, quote, I am thankful for the service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year's supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone, end quote. If you or someone you love would get some peace of mind by having a year's supply of any daily med, go to jsmedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use our promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your purchase. All right, let's close this thing out by talking. Um, I want to talk Chris Paul. Let's do that next. Um, so we've all seen the clip on on X of Chris Paul rolling into Mike Conley's legs and then Mike Conley getting called inexplicably for a foul on that play. Um, I, I don't have much other to add, much else to add to that other than if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Um, it maybe isn't surprising for somebody who's supposedly, I don't know, thought of as a thought of as a a good guy, a you know, a player rep uh, for the player association for a long time or whatever his role was there. Uh, that's not a clean play, and this is less important because of how dirty that play was, and and, and it was it was dirty. Let's call it what it is. You can see him on the replay. He knows what he's doing. He's just and, and I don't know that he's calculating in his head like I'm trying to end Mike Conley's career. I'm not saying he's doing that. But he's intentionally rolling into the legs of Conley to either try and draw a foul or maybe just, you know, knock more guys down. Like, I don't, I guess I don't know what the point of it is if you're not making that calculation, right? Because um, he had the ball. 
So it's not like he was still going for the ball or like trying to knock over the guy with the ball, which would still be a dirty play. So I'll leave that alone besides that. But also, this is less important, but more annoying to me. No, that's not right. It's not more annoying. It was more annoying to me because I saw it happen live. After the ant technical, um, if you watch on the replay, he doesn't get called for it right away. You know when he gets called for it? It's when Chris Paul hears what Ant says because he's saying, ball, ball, ball. He wants the ball to be inbounded. He hears Ant say something. He looks at the at the official. It wasn't Mark Davis. I forget who it was uh, down on the baseline. And he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. It was exactly shades of the Jordan Bell uh, jersey untucked thing in Oklahoma City from, what was it, three years ago that when he called for the uh, uh, for the delay of game from Scott Foster and it affected the end of that game against Oklahoma City. Exactly the same thing. The ref doesn't blow the whistle until Chris Paul asks him to blow the whistle for something as petty as a technical for what did he, he said like one thing. And I don't even think it was like magic words, right? Whatever Ant said when he briefly flexed, again, a tamer flex than the honest flex from the other night. And then Chris Paul says, whoa, that should be a technical and it's a technical. I Like, I don't know. It, it's, uh, it's that and it's the play against Conley. I don't know what else there is to say at this point. It's just obnoxious. And I just don't understand how officials are falling for it still. Uh, I understand the guy gets a fair amount of respect. He's an incredible point guard. We know that. But I just don't know how you're falling for this stuff. Like how how the officials are with a straight face letting Chris Paul call technicals for them. It's just crazy. Um, all right. Last couple things here. I, I touched on some of this stuff a minute ago. But uh, in terms of box score stats, the Wolves again holding a team under 40% for the fifth time in six games and the seventh time in nine games, they've held an opponent under 41% shooting. The Wolves did not shoot the ball well from three in this game. Well, I shouldn't say that. They shot the ball okay from three. They didn't get get up enough three-point attempts in this game. That's been a recurring theme this season, and we know Chris Finch wants to shoot more threes. Um, Rebounding, uh, turnovers were even. The Wolves were very sloppy early. The, The Warriors caught up in that department late in terms of just turning the ball over themselves is what I mean by that. The Wolves are a minus four in the rebound department, but given that Golden State had 19 offensive rebounds, the fact that they only had, uh, let's see, I lost it here, but I think they only had 10 more um, second chance points than the Wolves, despite having 10 more offensive rebounds, that number you'd think would be higher. So the Wolves lucked out a little bit there. And also, I shouldn't say lucked out. The Wolves also, they just defended well, right? There's a reason why that field goal percentage is so incredibly low because the Wolves defended well, first possession, second opportunities, third opportunities, whatever. The Wolves defended well. They also didn't foul much at all until the end of the game. McDaniels got called for three fouls almost consecutively late. Golden State ended up attempting 28 free throws, but a bunch of those were in the fourth quarter. The Wolves in general defended well without fouling in this game. Um, So I thought I I just wanted to point that out. All right, studs and duds. We have to talk. Of course, we talked Ant already. I'll throw stats up if you're watching on YouTube. 33 points, 7 assists, 6 rebounds in this game for Anthony Edwards. Yeah, the 11 of 27 is a bit unsightly. He was 1 of 9 outside the arc. You take that out. He's 10 of 18 on twos. 10 of 18 on twos is pretty good. 10 of 10 at the free throw line, very good. A very good three-point shooting, or excuse me, free throw shooting performance from Ant. Now he's on three straight games. I think he was like two of seven on Wednesday, two of eight on Friday against the Spurs from three. Now one of nine in this game. So the three-point shooting has completely come back down to earth. He was over 50% through the first like six games this year. So like this slide won't continue. He's obviously somewhere in the middle is the right answer. He's probably going to be a 37-ish percent three-point shooter this year, a volume three-point shooter, very effective three-point shooter. 
Um, so expect that to bounce back a little. So it was really good to see him get to the line so much in a game where his deep ball wasn't falling. And again, outside that stretch of possessions in the fourth, um, I thought in general his decision-making was was pretty solid in this game. So he's obviously a stud. I also want to give one to Carl Anthony Towns. We talked about his two-way performance in this game. His line was 21-14, and 8-14 shooting, 2-3 of three on threes, a perfect 3-of-3 three three at the line. Uh, three assists, two steals, and a block in this game, only one turnover. He and Cat, nope, that is Cat. Cat and Ant were the only two Timberwolves that had a plus-minus mark of over in double figures. Ant was a plus-15, Cat was a plus-11. My third stud for this game, I'm going to give it to Rudy Gobert, but I want to talk about a couple of bench players who also played really well in this game here in a minute. Rudy had 10 and 10, 4 of 7 from the field, struggled again at the line, 2 of 8, uh, not quite as bad as whatever it was last Wednesday. Like, I don't know, what was it? 1 of 10 or 2 of 12 or something crazy. Um, 2 of 8 in this game from the line, but again, the 10 rebounds, including 4 offensive rebounds, 3 assists, a steal, 5 blocks in this game for Rudy, and just monstrously impacted this game on the defensive end of the floor, as we've talked about. We talked about Jaden already. He had 13 points in this game. Really good offensively. He had some nice possessions. I think it was early third quarter where he hit a uh, drove and hit a reverse layup. And then the next possession hit a corner three when they didn't close out on him. Um, first possession of the game, by the way, the Warriors put um, Steph on Jaden and he took him in the post and scored, dropped him off at the rim. So, Jaden is really starting to be very comfortable taking advantage of these mismatches teams throw at him just to try and gain an advantage somewhere else. Really good offensive game, really good defensive game. Another poor rebounding game for him. No rebounds in 35 minutes, which is hard to not stumble across one. I get it. He's expending a ton of energy, and this is a little bit understandable because he's facing Chris Paul, or excuse me, Chris Paul, um, chasing Steph Curry around the floor the whole game. So I'm not going to... I'm not going to take him to task too much for the no rebounds in this one. 13 points, 6 of 8 shooting, fantastic defense for Jaden. Uh, let's also talk, I want to talk to Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and maybe I'll spend a little more time on him later this week. This is a third straight, really strong game for Nah. 10 points on 4 of 6 shooting, 2 of 3 on 3s. Hit a couple of 3s where the ball got swung to him and the Warriors left him open. And I get it, it's pick your poison. Is it Ant? Is it Cat? Is it Conley? Well, of the four of them, Alexander Walker is the one that you take your chances with if you're Golden State, right? He knocked it down a couple times in this game. Also had a strong take to the basket. Just a, another really good game. And he is very much the light version of Jaden McDaniels for this team. And when he's playing well off the bench, and you combine their offensive numbers, and they share the floor some, obviously, but you combine their numbers in this game, they shot a combined 10 of 14 from the field, 3 of 5 from outside the arc for 23 points. Um Two assists, no turnovers. I mean, like that, you can't ask for much more out of your, effectively, your, I mean, your top perimeter defenders, right? Nas also a, a quietly solid game. Had a nice first half, 10.6 rebounds. He only played 19 minutes in this one. Rudy had 35, Cat had 37. It's going to happen occasionally. In certain matchups, you're going to see less of one of the three, and in most cases, that's Nas losing out. Uh, but, I mean, it was still a good performance for Nas Reed, for sure. I don't have any duds in this game. Um, Shake had a quiet game. I don't think he played badly. I thought he was pretty good defensively. A very quiet box score. So if I had to pick one, it would be Shake Milton. But I, don't, I don't, he's not a real dud. I thought he played fine. Kyle Anderson continues to have some weird turnover issues. I'd expect those to be straightened out. But he had a couple of other bad ones, and he missed those two free throws that could have sealed the game a few minutes earlier uh, in in real lifetime. At the end of this one, um, he's been a little bit shaky lately. Not worried about it. Slow mo is fine. Uh, just. A weird, a weird slow-mo game again. He was perfect from the field, uh, but had the three turnovers and those missed free throws. In general, 
a really impressive, impressive performance from the Timberwolves in this game. Uh, there's not much else to say. I said on Twitter or on X, this is another example of a game the Wolves would not have probably won last year. And the Spurs game is is one example of that. Uh, I said on the live postcast, Jack and I talked about this Friday night. I mean, the Wolves, that felt like a game the Wolves could have lost because they were playing an inferior team and they just kind of messed around for two and a half quarters or whatever on Friday and they still ended up winning. This is different in that they played well against a good team, but not quite well enough and they probably would have let it slip away in the second half last year. That's just what it feels like. They, they probably wouldn't have won, but for different reasons than the Friday game. And yet it never really felt like they were going to let this one get out of control. So a really, really strong overall performance from the Wolves, and uh, we'll hopefully see more of it Tuesday night. Of course, that's an NBA in-season tournament game, and we'll have to see if if uh, there's any lingering anything from the brief Nas Kaminga dust-up in the first half from this one, the Draymond Ansa from the second half, the Chris Paul thing. Who knows? And also with the in-season tournament, we'll see if there's any additional uh, fire that anyone plays with. It's always hard to beat a team two consecutive times, especially when it's within two days and on their home floor for both of them. So Tuesday is going to be really tough for the Wolves. Uh, it's also the front end of a back-to-back. I didn't mention this earlier. This was the second half of a back-to-back for Golden State. That matters, of course. The Wolves have the first half of a back-to-back Tuesday, then they go to Phoenix on Wednesday night. So we'll see how it all shakes out. Of course, we'll talk about that on Tuesday's show. We'll break down a few of those uh, different things to look out for based on this game. We'll peek ahead at the rest of the week. Um, as the road trip continues for Minnesota, it's it's exciting. The Wolves are 7-2. and two. We'll talk about their standing overall in the West. We'll check in on the defensive rating, all that good stuff on the show Tuesday as well. And then, of course, the postgame pod Wednesday after Tuesday night's Wolves-Warriors game. A big thank you for making Locked on Wolves your first listen each and every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. You can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. And you can follow on X at Lockdown T Wolves and also at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.